And that's the news from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Jim Gould and your guest presenter today is Mike Rouse. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Jim. On today's programme, we're talking about efforts to tackle abuse of the public housing system and also waiting times for a public rental flat. Latest data from the Housing Authority shows that the average wait increased to 5.6 years in the third quarter from 5.3 in the previous uh, similar period. The authority has said... The waiting time could rise further in the first half of next year, but the situation is expected to improve again as supply picks up in 2024. Meanwhile, more than 50 households living in government-subsidised units have been found to own their own properties in the city after tighter checking procedures came into effect. The Director of Housing has said that tenants who inform the authority about possible abuse of the system by their neighbours may be rewarded for doing so. Let us know what you think. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us at backchat at rthk.hk or call us on 233-88266, And after 9.45 this morning, we'll learn more about the China Manned Space Exhibition, which is taking place at the Science Museum and the Museum of History. Joining us uh, now for our main topic this morning, we have uh, Clarissa Wong, who's uh, chairman of the Housing Authority's Subsidised Housing Committee and a member of the Strategic Planning Committee. Good morning to you. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Jim. Thank you. yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry. Go on. Yes, you're going to add something. Yeah. Do we have uh, a guest? We do. We all. Yeah. Also. All, yeah. Also with us, we have two guests uh, for the first half hour because also with us is uh, Rita Lee, director of uh, Sustainable uh, Real Estate Research Centre, and that's uh, and she's uh, an associate professor at the Department of Economics and Finance at Hong Kong Shuyan University. Uh, good morning to you. Hey, good morning. Um, good morning, Rita. Hey, good morning. So, uh, Clarissa Wong, perhaps uh, uh, we could start with you. So, so this figure about the waiting time, um, it seems uh, it, it's a bit of a blip because waiting times uh, have been coming down for some time from the high of about six years. Uh, uh, the target is to reduce the wait to four and a half years by 2026-27. So what sort of uh, progress is being made uh, towards that target well, we are making good progress towards that target. Although, um, for the latest quarter, um, our AWT um, has uh, risen by a little bit to 5.6 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we have to understand how the average waiting time is worked out um, to realize what's happening. And um, the latest figure is basically because... Um, our public rental housing production this year is the lowest among the coming uh, years. And uh, so for all the PRH units allocated in the last quarter, in the past quarter, um, they are recovered and refurnished flats and not uh, most of them. And they are most of them not newly completed PRH flats. And amongst these refurbished um, PRX units, 86% are located within the urban 
areas and extended urban areas. And precisely because um, the waiting time for general applicants who apply for PRH housing and have chosen the uh, urban areas and the extended urban areas as their desired um, you know, choice of um, their units, um, they, they have to wait a little bit longer than um, the uh, general applicants who uh, chose uh, new territories as their desired district. Mm. Do we, are we giving people too many opportunities to be picky about where they live? Well, but I think we do need to give people um, some choices. And, um, and we do also have um, existing house, uh, housing, PRH housing estates in the urban areas and extended urban areas. And uh, sometimes we do recover um, units from these estates as well. So, you know, if they want to choose to live in this, these areas, I think we do need to give them a choice although they must understand that they have to wait longer. Mm. So how do you expect uh, 2024 to, to turn out? I mean, uh, as we said in the introduction, uh, uh, the waiting time uh, could uh, remain uh, quite high or even be uh, slightly more in the first uh, six months, but then it seems that uh, there'll be more supply becoming available later in the year. Yes, you're correct. Um, the waiting time in the first half of 2024, we expect there will be a slight increase in, in, in overall waiting time. Uh, but starting from the second half of 2024, um, because we will see production of uh, PRH units being available starting from that time in quite uh, substantial numbers. And so starting from the second half of 2024, we'll see the waiting time, uh, you know, starting to lower. And, uh, you know, and, 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 and furthermore, into um, in 2026, 2027, we expect that the uh, consolidated waiting time can be lowered to 4.5 years. And at the same time, the Housing Authority is, um, you know, uh, 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 expecting to cap the uh, waiting time, the average waiting time to six years, and this has not been changed. I'm just wondering, uh, my memory sort of fails as I, as I get older, didn't we used to have a target of three years for the average waiting time? Yes, that remains a, uh, a long-term overall, uh, you know, long-term target for the Housing Authority. Right. And, uh, yeah, and, and the Housing Authority is still working very hard um, hoping that, uh, say, for instance, perhaps by uh, 2033, 2034, we will be able to lower the target, um, you know, um, outreach waiting time closer to that long-term target. Right. Well, that's, that's good. But, uh, well, we, we, well, are we moving the goalposts? A little bit too easily. <laughs> housing has been a top priority for as long as I can remember. Mm. We're yes. talking decades now. We're talking several mm. uh, chief executives in a row. Um, uh -huh. And yet we seem to always miss the target and get a little bit further away from it. Well, that is because um, in recent years, the housing crisis in the market uh, I, I mean, the private market right. has 
um, you know, have gone up a lot. And as a result, uh, we see more and more people uh, they cannot afford to uh, to rent um, their 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 housing in the private market, and I think that is one of the major reasons why mm. um, the number of applicants uh, in the queue. Um, has remained uh, quite high. Because people realise I'm never going to get enough savings to put down a deposit on a private flat. I might as well at least register for a public housing. Well, but then they they still do have to qualify to apply for a public housing. And furthermore, um, because of the relaxation of the stamp duty measures um, after the policy address this year, and um, we are hoping that um, housing prices would stabilise. Mm. OK, well, well, let's bring in uh, Lita, Rita Lee from uh, Xuyan University. Good morning. Morning. So in terms of uh, land supply, uh, the government says it's uh, identified uh, sufficient land for developing uh, more than 400,000 public housing units uh, 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 over the next 10 years, which is uh, more than demand, which is demand should be for, I think, 308,000 units. So um, wh wh how do you see the situation developing? Well, actually, I can see that uh, there are a lot more uh, blue-collar is coming to work in Hong Kong. So if you go to, like, no matter if it's a salon or, like, restaurants or, like, uh, some shops, then you find that a lot of the, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of the sales, that they actually, they may not know very clear uh, Cantonese. And and then uh, so that there are a lot of the people that are coming. So these like uh, sort of like oversupply phenomenon at the present moment, uh, it is something for which that because we have not taken into account these people by the time they reach the uh, the years of requirements in the residency, they can apply for public housing. And then uh, there are a lot more that is like uh, 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 that is like for example in case of a like, university, which is very clear that we have raised the uh, quota from 20% to 40% in the public university, and so as like in case of, uh, for example, IV, uh, they also have mentioned that uh, once you study for two years, then you can just, uh, uh, you can graduate and then find a job in Hong Kong, and then you will become the permanent resident as well. So uh, this group of the people, because uh, especially like, for example, the IV one, uh, actually they, they most likely, the, the, the job salary will be more or less, uh, uh, and, uh, that it can reach the requirements of the uh, public housing. And then uh, so as like, even in the case of like uh, university graduates, unfortunately, uh, when they start, a lot of them that they may also uh, reach the uh, requirements of like, uh, they, they can also reach the requirements, the income, uh, the income uh, requirements on the public housing as well. So adding together, there are a lot of people that we have not taken into account. If we just look at the present moment about the total amount of people that they are eligible to apply for the public housing. Mm -hmm. What you said about blue collar, um, because there's a time lag, as you said, before <laughs> they, people become eligible. I, I have noticed a, a larger number of people in more junior positions coming from the mainland, uh, working, in, uh, working here, uh, yeah. which is fine. Um, if those jobs were not being filled, then uh, we need to fill them. Yeah. Um, but then in several years down the road, they're also going to become eligible for public housing, aren't they? 
Uh, yeah, because like uh, in case of like uh, construction sites, which is very clear, we have a lot of workers actually come from mainland China, and then uh, uh, and then we we this is what we have seen for years or a couple of years already, many years already. But uh, if you look at those like uh, for seven salons, salon which is very clear as well, you can see that a lot of them they can they try to communicate with you uh, in Cantonese, but uh, it may be better to communicate back to them in Mandarin. Uh, because uh, you may find that it is very hard to understand what they say. Yes. Uh, this is what we have seen, and so as like restaurants. So uh, we we have, as what you said, is that we ha- uh, we are facing the problem of like not uh, having sufficient uh, blue collar members to work for us. So this is uh, what we have seen in the society, the society demand. But at the same time, is that these people towards the end that they also need to have got a roof to face, uh, to stay. And then uh, unless there is like some restaurants that what they do now is that they will buy some housing and then so for their colleagues so that once they once they come to Hong Kong then they stay in these like private housing and then you know, just like ha- uh, the the staff quarter. But then a lot of them uh, towards the end of the day because these uh, these jobs they actually have got quite high mobility, so they may move from one job to another quite often. And then, uh, so under these circumstances, uh, towards the end of the day, when they satisfy the, when they when they have obtained the uh, Hong Kong identity card, then uh, they will just move away from the headquarters, uh, the, the staff quarter as well. So that means that it will become also one of the members that they will be in the queue for uh, queuing up for the public housing units. So this is uh, what we are seeing now, and uh, what the demand of the, where do the demand of the light public housing they come from as well. Mm-hmm. You, you, yeah, you, you mentioned uh, light public housing there. Um, this was uh, uh, first uh, raised by the chief executive in his first policy address last year. Um, um, uh, Clarissa Wong, those, the, I think the first batch of light public housing units are due to come on stream uh, re- relatively soon, and then 30,000 by 20, uh, well, uh, 2027, something like, something like that. Anyway, um, uh, how much of a difference do you think that's going to make? Well, that's going to provide um, quite a number of public housing to needy people who are in pressing mm. need of housing. Mm. So I think that would also help, uh, you know, alleviate um, these people's housing needs in the short term. And that would help uh, to bring down the waiting time as well. With these, all these changes uh, in the market and uh, price levels and demand and so on, uh, are we keeping our forecasts and estimates up to date? How often do we review them? Well, um, we publish uh, AWT quarterly, right? But that's right. just to mm. give people a general idea. And, thought, uh, and, and But the AWT would fluctuate. And even though, let's say, for instance, like uh, the figures we published for the past quarter, Although there is a slight uh, increase from 5.3 years to 5.6 years, but actually I think uh, this this is a good sign, and uh, a good sign because we are, um, you know, uh, being able to allocate units, recovered, uh, refurbished units in the urban and extended urban areas to general applicants who have been waiting for allocation for their first time allocation for a long time. And even though that's going to, you know, um, because the, uh, most of the units are recovered units, um, and so that somehow resulted in uh, a slight increase of the awaiting 
uh, average wait, uh, waiting time for the last mm. quarter. But mm. I think that's a good sign. Mm. Were, were you surprised by these figures of the number of abuse cases? Um, well, I think it is a fact that there are uh, abuses of uh, public housing resources. Um, I'm not surprised because we have heard of um, you know, these kind of uh, abuses from time to time. And uh, so it is good that uh, the new measures are being uh, able to um, uh, review, you know, um, you know, more effectively who are abusing public housing resources. Yeah, I'm, I'm just wondering if we're rigorous enough in this area um, because, you know, there are rumours, there are stories scuttled around any office. I remember yeah. 40 years ago, a colleague in the ICAC sort of saying that the public housing unit they had was actually used for storage and they and the family lived somewhere else. That was a long time ago and rather rampant abuse. Do we need to stiffen up our cross-checking? Well, um, I think we uh, just give us some time to see how effective the new measures are and then we'll um, then review um, the you know how how are we doing with all these new measures? Um, are they rigorous enough, as you said? And then we'll go on, move on from there to see if we should um, you know, introduce more new measures. But for the time being, I think um, the new measures are helping us uh, because, as the housing uh, director of housing said, um, just a random sampling from the preliminary responses we have received so far, um, we have already identified more than 50 right. um, suspected cases of mm. uh, public housing mm. uh, abuse. So this wasn't an across-the-board check, was it? This was a sort of sample. Yeah, this is, this is a preliminary, you know, random sample. Yes. Mm. Mm. So, so I think the sample was for, uh, of about 25,000 households, is that, is that correct? Now, we have um, distributed uh, roughly 88,000 declare forms uh, right. in October. Right. right. And okay. uh, we have received, I think, like 87% uh, responses so okay. far. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so, so if uh, um, I think nearly 60 cases were identified um, out mm -hmm. of that number, I mean, that suggests that it's not a huge problem. No. I mean, it's a fairly yeah, it's a fairly small proportion. I, I have a contrary view, if I oh, can oh, chip in. By all means. <laughs> but if the people who are going to send the forms back first are going to be those who are not abusing the system. So I, if the 87% have returned the forms, that's 13% haven't returned the forms. Well, 80, 87% was the figure uh, a few days ago. Um, right. We don't know. I mean, there may be some more people returning their declared forms, you know, last minute. But uh, for those people who would choose not to return the forms, their tenancy would be terminated. What, um, what do you think, uh, uh, Rita Lee? I mean, you hear lots of sort of uh, anecdotal stories about, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the car park of a public housing block. It's full of <laughs> expensive uh, vehicles and what have you. I mean, do you think, it was, uh, do you think there are um, um, uh, an unnecessarily large number of people living in public housing who don't need it? 
Oh, well, I think there should be a lot of the people that actually do not need it. So uh, not just about like those like, vehicles that we have seen in the car park, but there are a lot of the cases for which that we have heard uh, from like many different sources. And then uh, this is something for which that we have uh, we have naturally seen that as well, because like for example, some of them they originally they just uh, uh, live in a, a relatively grassroots family, and then uh, but they, they pursue the university study, and afterwards, then sooner or later, they earn a lot more than the uh, income requirements in the state in the public uh, in the public housing uh, units requirements. Mm-hmm. And then, which is something that is natural. And then we should re- we should have record more and more of these cases afterwards, uh, because uh, as what I've said is that there are a lot of like, uh, for example, those like universities or like uh, college students that they, uh, firstly at the very beginning they have got rather low salary. Uh, for example, as a, uh, as a surveyor, originally they may only have got like uh, twenty something dollars per month. But then uh, after they have got the uh, uh, after they are become charters area, then probably they will have got like sixty eight thousand dollars per month, or even like civil engineer, for example, uh, more than seventy thousand dollars per month uh, in housing uh, house Hong Kong housing authority. And then uh, this group of the people originally they actually come from the uh, grassroots family. Or they originally, by the time they obtain the, uh, by the time that they move into the uh, public housing units, they actually have got a rather low salary. But as time goes by, they uh, uh, they become rich, and then uh, uh, a lot of them, that of course, they, if they if they stay in the uh, public housing units, that they do not need to pay for such a high rent outside. Uh, so under these circumstances, uh, unless some people uh, claim that uh, these people abuse the housing, uh, the housing. Uh, um, uh, as otherwise, then they will not leave the uh, public housing. So, but those are actually success stories, aren't they? They're people who are housed yeah, with yeah, a relatively cheap yeah, rent. Yeah, these are actually success stories. And then they they get promoted, they get more experience, and they get a higher salary. We yeah. like that. We, that's what we want to see more of. Yeah, we want to see more. But at the same time, is that uh, quite a number of people uh, like these that they prefer to stick in the uh, original housing unit. No matter, it's like the the most important reason is, of course, it's relatively low cost staying there as compared to like the, the private housing. Maybe just one street uh, next uh, close to this this one that it may have got more than ten times in terms of the rent. So, uh, so why why not stay there? there and of course, yeah, there's yeah. familiarity as well, isn't there? You know where the shops are. You know which bus routes go where. You just don't want to move. There's a lot yeah. of sticking factor. Yeah, this is like we just don't want to move sometimes. And then sometimes some people just say that, well, I, why do I move away from a, uh, from a good feng shui house, right? Yes. <laughs> so that a lot of people prefer to, well, I just pay for like double rent or whatsoever, then I still stick, in, I still stick to there. Or I don't tell you that I have become rich by like selling things. I become a... I've become a, a very, a very successful businessman, businesswoman, but I just stick in the uh, stick in the original public housing unit. Uh, Clarissa Wong, is there anything the authority can do about that? Those situations. Well, um, you know, we have the uh, measures under our well of tenants policy mm. Um, mm. to address these kind of problems, and because, uh, say, for instance, apart from the declarations we mentioned earlier about um, uh, whether tenants own any Hong Kong residential properties and what's their occupancy status like. 
um, every two years since they become uh, public housing tenants, right? Um, under our well of tenants policy, um, as soon as they have become public housing tenants for 10 years, then they are required to declare their assets and income limits, um, uh, assets and income every two years. And, uh, you know, if they, um, if their assets or their income would exceed the limits, then they have to um, either pay more in terms of rent or if, um, you know, the excess has reached a certain level, they have to leave. So we have already got measures to, you know, address these. And remember, if people intentionally uh, make false declarations, that's a criminal offence. Right. Yes. But we have to be careful, don't we? We don't want people to feel that they're always under great pressure to, to up, uproot themselves. There's a no, social factor don't. as well. No, we don't. And actually, um, you know, uh, one of the... Uh, purposes, many purposes apart from providing affordable housing to needy people. We also want to see people, um, I mean, people living in our ha- uh, housing estates moving up the social ladder, isn't it? Mm. And so by the time when they become uh, better off, um, you know, we encourage them to, you know, acquire their own housing, okay. like through our um home ownership system or green form subsidized housing uh, schemes. Okay, well, um, I know that uh, you have to leave us now. It's uh, 9.30. Thank you very much for speaking to us on this morning's programme. That was uh, Clarissa Wong, uh, Chairman of the Housing Authority's Subsidised Housing Committee and a member of the Strategic Planning Committee. Uh, Rita Lee, uh, please stay with us. Uh, We're going to take a short break for a news uh, summary and a couple of announcements. A quick look at the weather. Uh, Mainly cloudy visibility, relatively low in some areas. Areas, one or two rain patches uh, in the morning. Top temperature around 24 degrees. Uh, the outlook uh, mainly cloudy in the next couple of days. Winds uh, strengthening gradually later in the week. It's currently 21 degrees. Humidity 76%. New summary from Ben Che. The head of the Centre for Asian Philanthropy and Society says companies need to start viewing climate change not as a cost, but an opportunity for innovation. Ruth Shapiro and her society will be hosting an event tomorrow at the Asia Society, which brings together top business leaders to share their insights on climate challenges. French prosecutors say a man accused of a deadly attack on tourists in central Paris on Saturday had pledged allegiance to the Islamic State. They say the French national expressed support for the group in a video posted online. A German man was killed when the suspect allegedly attacked people with a knife and a hammer near the Eiffel Tower. And the head of the Israeli military has said its ground operation has begun in southern Gaza following the breakdown of a week-long truce. There have been continuing Israeli bombardments on Khan Yunus and Rafah in the south. I'll have more news at 10. People who are patriotic and have an affection for Hong Kong and who are capable and aspire to serve can make our community better. The District Council Ordinary Election is on December 10th. Only six days left. Remember to bring your identity card and choose your preferred candidate. Let's build a better community together. Cast your vote at DC election for a better community. Don't forget to vote. 
Cannabis is a dangerous drug. From February 1st, 2023, cannabidiol or CBD is also a dangerous drug under the law. It is illegal to possess or trade CBD products in Hong Kong without permission. Also, don't bring any CBD products into Hong Kong from abroad. Trafficking or sales of CBD products will be subject to a maximum fine of $5 million and life imprisonment. Visit the Narcotics Division's webpage on CBD for details. CBD, not for me. Let's stand firm. Knock drugs out. You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233-88-266 and have your say. And welcome back to Backchat with Mike Rouse and me, Jim Gould. And we're going to continue with our main topic this morning, and that, that is uh, on uh, combating uh, abuse of the public housing system and also uh, waiting times for a public uh, rental unit. Uh, we have with us uh, uh, Dr. Rita Lee, Director of Sustainable Real Estate uh, Research Centre and Associate Professor at the Department of Economics and Finance at Xi'an uh, University. And also joining us now on the line, <coughs> excuse me, is uh, uh, Silai Shan, Deputy Director of the Society for Community Organisation. Silai Shan, good morning. Hey, good morning. Um, Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, uh, So uh, you work, your organisation works with a a lot of people who are on the waiting list uh, for public housing. What's their sort of uh, morale like at the moment? Uh, Actually, um, people, they are very frustrated because uh, the waiting time for public housing is really long. And so they, they hope the government, they will have, uh, uh, have more supply of public housing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course they, they want people, they don't want to abuse their public housing. And sometimes they will say, oh, there's empty, always empty. And then why, why I cannot move in? <laughs> yeah. Well, Missy, good morning. Um, you've been on this show many times over the years, uh, working mm-hmm. with people on the waiting list. Hmm. Why do you think the problem is so persistent? Uh, the, about the why people they are waiting for so, so long time? Yes, I mean, we used to target for three years. Then we sort of, it slipped and it, we were, it got up to six. Um, I think in, in certain periods, uh, in certain periods, actually, the, the government does, uh, uh, um, did not erupt the land and then, um, so uh, the... The supply of uh, public housing is uh, far from the demand, and uh, when it's um, want to um, to restart to uh, resume the the supply, and then uh, it, it takes time because uh, uh, our process to develop the land and to be a public housing is quite long. Mm. Uh, that's why is uh, even now the government said they we want to supply more, but they cannot even supply immediately. Mm. And they even now depend, and then they said that uh, maybe after five years, maybe better. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Obviously, it takes time to uh, to develop the land, uh, to, con- uh, to construct uh, uh, the buildings, uh, and so on. Um, but th- there are various. Uh, um, measures announced uh, in well in this policy address in the last policy address uh, uh, the chief executive uh, came up with the concept of light public housing and that's uh, around about 30 units of light public housing to be ready by 2027 i mean do, do you think uh, uh, that that is going to make uh, like you know an important difference to people who've been uh, waiting a long time uh, i think it can help uh, 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 somehow because uh, when they are waiting for public housing uh, they are renting in the subdivided flat. The rent is expensive, and then the environment is poor. Uh, so, uh, like public housing, the, the rent is much cheaper, and then the environment is uh, similar. It's almost 
similar to the uh, public housing. Only concern is the people is uh, how long they can live. Can they live there until uh, uh, they uh, move to public housing? Because they don't want to live there and then move back to Sabtiwada mm. and then wait for public housing. Right. Yeah. Isn't, is there a, there is a limit, or there's going to be a limit for the light public housing? Is it two years that you can stay there and then you have to move uh, out? They said they say actually they say five years. That's so right. much better. Um, so even now the transitional social housing run by NGO, the government, they actually they did not promise for five years. So we 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 think if they also have their transitional social housing, they have a longer time to live there until they move to public housing would be, would be uh, better for people. Right, because so it's very, very disruptive, yeah. isn't it, in terms of school and work and everything? Yeah, if they move move out, actually, uh, for the poor uh, people, it's quite uh, a big change of their life and quite a big expense uh, for them. So, so, so the the length of the uh, tenancy is very important for them. Yeah. <coughs> Rita Lee, what's your assessment of this program? Well, uh, for the uh, 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 for uh, for the uh, like public housing, right? Sorry. Mm, yes. Um, for the light public housing, uh, I think actually it can uh, complete the housing in a very uh, short time. So you can see it is almost everywhere. And then for the light public housing, uh, we can see that uh, a lot of the uh, families originally that they have to wait for uh, the, pop, the traditional public housing units, then they have to, uh, they now can move to this like, like public housing unit, which can relieve the problem of the long term of waiting. But the same time is that uh, because we have got, uh, uh, we still have got a lot more from mainland China that is moving in. So, uh, uh, as observed from uh, university and also like uh, the uh, the colleges uh, and also secondary schools. So, if you go if you go on the street, you will find that a lot of the secondary school uh, uh, students, uh, no matter it's a senior or a junior one, that they speak through fluently in Mandarin. And then in one of the secondary school that I walk by, walk past by, and then uh, they uh, only uh, give like instruction in Mandarin instead. Uh, which is something for which that we have not seen that before. But if you try to look at these population, then you will have got a question. So how many public housing units do we really need to have? Because uh, I'm not saying that all will rely on public housing, but you will see that there are quite a lot more uh, uh, people might come from mainland China uh, than before. So it means that uh, these people will become... Uh, we should, should have got some of these that they uh, will be waiting in the, in the queue. So the light public housing unit can only solve uh, some of the problem, but uh, at the same time, because the demand will grow very substantially, uh, uh, look at the university, 20% turn to become 40%, just talk about undergraduate. But for postgraduate, actually for many years already, uh, ever since when I was studying PhD, uh, most of my classmates around me, the, the, those like uh, around me, they were all Mandarin and speaking Mandarin. They come from mainland China, mm-hmm. and then a uh, couple of the policy that we have now that we wish we wish to have got more like Japanese and also some other people from other, uh, from outside world, and then a lot of them they were in blue collar instead of like uh, they come here for like uh, uh, they, they they have got some investment. So it means that we have, we should have a lot more in the queue. So uh, altogether, whether or not the light public housing units can solve the problem is a question that we have got. On the other hand, if we 
don't get these uh, mainlanders in, we'll never get the uh, building. I think there's some misunderstanding because I think for those uh, they are uh, uh, allowed to apply for public housing, there should be on uh, one-way permit for a family reunion. And this, the number of these people actually they are de- decreasing. Uh, and then uh, every year, actually, over 150, and they are only around 120. And besides uh, but, those, but, but, but the people, the case they of, are... Like, uh, university, if you go to university, all universities in Hong Kong, you should they have... They are not to... allowed to <laughs> apply for public housing, I think. And the others, uh, 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 for those uh, family union, they already, actually, they don't, they don't come, actually, they are family, they need to apply, so they are not the new demand. I think for those uh, university students, um, I don't think they after seven years they they need the public housing or they fulfill the criteria to apply for public housing necessary because we have the mean test. So yeah, I think right. they we are more the demand test. on the <laughs> they are more of them their demand on the private housing. Oh. So so I think that of course we need to the whole fam, whole society population assessment, not only the public housing but also the private housing. Uh, because we also have the imp- imported worker from mainland, and they will be the the the, the, the employer. They need to provide their hostel or something like that. Mm-hmm. They will also they will rent in the in the private market. Although they actually they can apply public housing at the same time. Yeah. But of course, okay. the graduates, as they graduate and as they move up the salary scale, uh, moving into the private sector, that's increasing demand there, isn't it? So I don't think they they will be qualified for to for apply for public housing. Their salary actually right. would be over. Yeah. But what we what and, we heard in the early part of the show was that the increasing demand um, for the private housing was pushing more people at the bottom end to apply for public housing because uh, of the high prices in the private sector. Yeah. So that's why the government they should do something in their. Uh, the rents and uh, also the the property market. Actually, it's not only those outsiders from other states. Also, the Hong Kong middle class they mm. complain about the price of the properties too high. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, Rita Lee, did you want to respond to that about the about the students? Well, I would just say that well, quite a number of the uh, of course the university graduates we expect that they will move up to like move up the career ladder, and then they will leave public housing. But the ugly truth is that uh, uh, if we talk about secondary school, that batch, and so as like the universities and so uh, uh, and also some of the college students, because we uh, university is just like uh, getting closer and closer to a kind of the Hong Kong identity card. So eventually, some of them they they of course uh, quite a number of them they will move up to public housing, but it does not mean that all of them will move up to the public housing. And then there are some of them, they, once they graduate, the first thing they try to do is not to uh, do others, but they queue up in the public housing units. So this is what we have heard for a long time as well. So, um, uh, and a couple of those, like uh, on the construction sites, uh, you can see the majority that they are, they, they are com- uh, uh, come from mainland China. And so as like uh, other like uh, restaurants, which is very clear, most of them, they are, uh, uh, they cannot speak uh, Cantonese well, so that uh, these group of the people, uh, I think they have got a very huge demand in the public housing units. When we talk about the price of the private housing units are too high, and uh, uh, most of the employers that they may only provide the 
uh, staff quarters uh, at the very beginning. They will not provide like the staff quarters maybe uh, after they work for a long time or they may switch their job. So it means that uh, these people will still move up to the public housing unit as well. Okay, Sila uh, uh, yeah, we, we were talking earlier as well about um, um, about the uh, efforts to stop abuse of the public housing system. Um, mm. You know, the fact that uh, nearly 60, 60 households in the latest checking exercise have been found to own their own uh, properties uh, in the city. Uh, mm. w what do you think about that situation? Yeah, I think the government should keep a, a, a very close eye to check anyone abuse uh, uh, the public housing, <clears throat> and, uh, and don't 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 let anyone to abuse the housing. And then they should uh, go to more checking. And, and I think it's important. And then also they can connect to 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 China. It's okay. It's good. And so they more people they know uh, they cannot. Uh, hide their uh, assets and, 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 and put wrongly to the government, yeah. It's, it's rather sad that there is such abuse in the system when we have so many thousands, tens of thousands, in subdivided units. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I think for, for those waiting for public housing, they are not only mm. living in, in the subdivided flat, actually there are also people there living in public housing. Because uh, uh, those our public housing is very really small, and then the, when they, for example, family of four, they move to public housing. Their uh, 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 children, they are young, and then they can share the, the 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 room. And then when they grow up, they have family. They need to separate to mm -hmm. apply for public housing at the same time. Or people right. they are living in private housing. There are many people, and then of course, who we abuse, we don't know. Um, but but I think the government they should have a system to check it and then kick kick them out if they abuse. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, um, Rita Lee, uh, we've got to sort of wrap this up in in just a moment. But uh, but this um, this checking exercise was carried out in conjunction with the the land registry. Um, but also the the housing authority apparently said that it it had reports that some public housing tenants had their properties in the mainland. Um, either residential properties or, or even shops and things. Um, is that how much of a potential problem do you think that might be, and, and how easy or difficult would it be to check? Uh, well, there are actually a lot of the uh, residents that they always uh, they stay in mainland China instead because, like, they originally come from mainland China, mm. so that uh, uh, some of them that they move around uh, Hong Kong and also China because of the business or because of other reason. So uh, is it so difficult to check? I would say no, uh, given that we have got AI, okay. <laughs> which is uh, quite easy. So you can just uh, check like who actually always do not uh, uh, do do not use the use the bill, like what has water or electricity, which is, which is very easy. Mm. But at the same time, that it also involves in some other questions, like for example privacy, and also some other issues for which that we we have got. And then um, uh, what the people suggest is that, well, just let the others should complain. And then uh, so that there are a lot of the complaint cases for which that we have got uh, no matter in, 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 uh, in, where, uh, in which uh, housing estates that we have got. Mm. And then uh, so uh, is it too difficult to check? I would say no, definitely sure. Uh, if you are just a watchman, if you watch by, uh, if you walk by, you should know who always uh, do not stay there, like stay, they, they have not come back for one year or two. Because if, uh, if they cannot identify these people, the watchman actually has 
also not done their job properly because they should be able to identify that some talents that they uh, uh, also, uh, whether or not that they come back or they do not come back for a long time. Okay. All right. Well, thank you both uh, very much for joining us uh, on this morning's programme. That was uh, Rita Lee, Director of the Sustainable Real Estate Research Centre and Associate Professor at the Department of Economics and Finance at Hong Kong Shuyan University. And uh, Silai Shan, who's Deputy Director of the Society for Community Organisation. 95 years of public service broadcasting. Stay tuned with Hong Kong. I'm Gilly of Consumer Council. Happy birthday, LTHK, for your 95th anniversary. May I wish you always fill with positive energy, continue to discover and report accurate, impartial and objective consumer news for consumers to shop smartly every day. 95 years of public service broadcasting. Stay tuned, Stay tuned with Hong Kong. And for the last part of this morning's programme, we're going to learn more about an exhibition of China's manned space program, uh, which uh, opened uh, just the other day at the uh, Science Museum and the Museum of History. Uh, we're joined on the line by Lawrence Lee, who's a director of the Hong Kong Science Museum. Good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, thanks, Good for, Mike. Yeah, uh, thank, yeah. Thanks very much uh, for, jo- yep. for, for joining us. Uh, yeah. Uh, great. Good to, so we, we've had uh, we've had uh, the first uh, weekend of the exhibition. What sort of a uh, level of uh, interest uh, did it uh, generate from the public? Actually, it's about uh, the exhibition is um, about um, the highlight the 30-year development of the Chinese manned space program starting mm. from uh, 1992. And so um, we have shown many um, key exhibits, the um, key, um, for instance, we have the uh, return uh, module of the Central 13 spacecraft. Yeah. We have um, uh, infravehicular spacesuit and sh- that sh- um, showed the uh, um, important achievements of Chinese manned space in these 30 years. Yeah. And, yeah, and I, I guess we have we received about uh, 15,000 people in these three days. Yes. And I guess um, they're quite interested to know more about the Chinese manned space program. Yeah. Mm. Was that the number you expected or above or below your expectation? Uh, it's more or less uh, we we expected we expected attendance. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I guess it, it will be be better even uh, during the Christmas holidays and the Chinese New Year holidays. Yeah. Right. Mm. Yeah. Is it is it older people proud of China or is it younger people thinking they could be next in space? I guess older people are like me would definitely be <laughs> proud of China, as, especially you know uh, when the Chinese men's space pro- program was, was formally started in 1992, and then in 2003 we have uh, Yang Liwei became the first Chinese to enter space, and just within I guess less than 20 years, just 20 years we have now the space station Tiangong uh, uh, near. Uh, being completed, mm. and actually we have um, the uh, unmanned mission uh, to to the moon, the Chang'e mission, and we have Tiangong mission to the to planet Mars, and I guess uh, it's really going in leaps and leaps and bounds in these just two decades. Yeah. Yes, because at one time it was all USA and and the uh, yeah. Soviet Union. Yes. The two big superpowers and uh, yes. so on, and, and China was there's no place for China. Yeah, yeah, and, and now uh, China has definitely become a key player in in, the, in terms of space in the space arena. Yeah. And how do we yeah. rank? Because uh, I think India is trying to do a lot more in this area as well. Yeah, China, India is making a lot of progress too. But I guess um, in terms of the scale of the um, of the um, different of the of the, of the scope, uh, China has doing um, in un- unmanned space exploration. Uh, 
we we go to Mars, we go to um, we go to the Moon, and then we have the manned space program. We have the space station, and so I guess it's another ilk. Okay, I would say mm-hmm. <laughs> how well, far a different level. Right? How far are we away from having a Hong Kong astronaut? I guess. Um, I, I really can't tell, but I guess it's a very good starting point to um, to um, inspire the younger generation uh, to know more about the aerospace, uh, the, the space technology. Because, um, you know, uh, in October last year, uh, our country um, announced the recruitment of payroll specialists yeah, right. from Hong Kong Macau in October. Yeah. And I know that uh, on the requirements, it's high. Okay, it's not easy. It's, it, it requires a PhD, uh, and, and we um, would say at least five years of relevant working experience. It's not easy, but at least I guess for the younger generation, for the students, especially for the for those who are interested in science, they can think of uh, investing, um, think of a pursuing career in, in in space science. Yeah, and in terms of the exhibition, I mean, this is the first time those thirty odd ex- exhibits have been shown outside of the mainland, isn't it? Uh, so. I guess. Um, there are some yeah. some um, some exhibits. Mm. There are, um, actually, they are not the same one. But I guess, for instance, the return capsule, the return module yeah. of the Central spacecraft. Actually, it's not the first time to come to Hong Kong. But, oh. but for Central right. Thirteen, is the first time. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. When we yeah. in two or three, where Yang Liwei became the first Chinese Chinese to enter space, his mm. return cap uh, return module of Central Five. Uh, was exhibited in Hong Kong Science Museum too. At that time, okay. uh, we we opened for seventy six point five hours non-stop, okay? <laughs> Three days yeah. non-stop, okay? Yeah. Uh, overnight, we show it to the public, okay? Yeah. But for them, for actually, but at that time, uh, many things have, many new developments, and now we have uh, many new, for instance, we have uh, the next generation of uh, rock carry rockets, the uh, Long March 5, Long March 7 rockets, and a space station, the Tiangong space station, they are they're all new. Mm-hmm. The, the, I can say that it's uh, all new, the first time to be exhibited mm-hmm. in Hong Kong. And of course, we are do, they're doing lots of new research, for instance, we have the space code atomic clock, uh, many, uh, um, the next generation Mars lander, that this that definitely the first time to be shown in Hong Kong. That uh, that's uh, Shenzhou 13 uh, re-entry module. I mean that yeah. uh, that is that's that's a big, bulky, uh, heavy uh, item. And yeah, three tons. I, I mean, just yeah. out of interest, how 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 easy, difficult is it to transport that and, and actually get it into the museum and put it on display? Uh, yeah. So uh, I guess the main, most interest, the most interesting part is that because in the past when you put the lunar mo- the, uh, the return module in the museum, we put it on the ground floor. Okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, but this time we have to put it on the second floor, of the, and we have to and we have to check the loading. Okay, <laughs> we have checked the loading yeah. of the of the uh, of the exhibition floor. Okay, is that able to hold three tons? And we have to uh, find engines to do all the calculations to make sure this it, it will hold right. up. Okay, and mm-hmm. I also emphasize that the exhibition hall is very safe. Okay, I, I think no that's problem, okay? an important <laughs> point because the same issue arises is sometimes at the convention and exhibition center if you have a very heavy object you have to have a big platform a wooden platform under it to spread the load so yeah don't worry i'll do all the calculations i I believe you i believe you lawrence i believe it's safe is is this sparking more interest in science the 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 museum and uh, these new exhibits oh definitely yeah Mm. Because you know that, so uh, actually, because um, this exhibition, will, will, you know, is quite interesting in that we we put the exhibition into the museums, the Museum of History and Museum of Science Museum, and we want to sh- we want to feature the, a very holistic 
uh, development history and development of the Chinese manned space program. And so um, I guess uh, for, the his, for, the, for those who are more interested in historical parting, they definitely visit the uh, Actually, I, I encourage all, all audience to visit the Museum of History, too. We, uh, they got an um, intravehicular space there, and with some really interesting exhibit. Uh, I won't tell you what, what exhibit is it. <laughs> it is, okay? <laughs> but to have a very holistic view of the development of Chinese main space program. And for the Science Museum part, we do more about the technology, okay? The yeah. rockets, the lunar modules, and all the... the uh, they give you a very whole, whole systematic introduction to the Chinese main space program. What is the launch site system? What is the uh, telemetry system and all what is the um, um, uh, rocket uh, launch system and uh, retrieval system and and they get a very good holistic view and I guess they would um, the public would have a real good systematic introduction. Hmm. How long how long yeah. will the exhibition run for? Uh, they run so. to uh, it's on it's on show uh, on uh, last Friday. Uh, the yeah. 1st of December, and runs through to, to the 18th of February 18th, next year. It's the two and a half months. So over Christmas, New Year, and Lunar yes, New Year. Yes, that's what we want to do. People okay. got to get out there <laughs> to the museum. I think that's yeah, very yeah. important. And yeah. once it's done, and there'll be a gap, I imagine, how often do you think you'll run this kind of exhibition? Actually, it really depends on uh, we'll, the, um, the mainland, the Chinese Man Space Agency. But I guess we'll, we'll keep talking with them. To actually, the things are moving fast. Development is fast, and I guess we'll, uh, we'll, we'll definitely keep an eye on the, the latest developments and see what the opportunity arises to bring new exhibits to induce the Hong Kong public. Right. So it come back, could come back, be an annual yeah. event or something. Like that. Oh, I hope yeah. so. <laughs> and also, the museum's uh, opening hours are going to be extended until 10 p.m. on Fridays and. Yeah, 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 but actually, um, but uh, to stress to um, the, the because we want to make make sure the exhibition will be shown at, at the whole piece on both science museum history and the museum, his, uh, museum history and science museum. So the opening hours will be in sync, okay? The Museum of History opening hours will, will the same be the same as the Hong Kong Science Museum, and also to echo the night vibes will open uh, till uh, the first of. Uh, 1st of January, uh, September, uh, Fridays and weekends will we'll close at 10. So it's something for everyone to do over the holidays. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, and and you had the uh, the the delegation from the mainland, the seventeen strong uh, manned space uh, delegation. They yeah. attended the opening ceremony, yes. didn't they? Yeah. 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 Okay. How much is it? It's it's, it's free. It's free, or is it? Oh, charge? it's free. Yes, it's free. It's free. Oh, yeah. the price free. is right. Yeah. Free admission. Yeah, yeah. it's wonderful. free. Okay. Wonderful. wonderful. Yes, yeah, so uh, very uh, definitely a, a nice place to visit over the weekends or yeah. holidays. Or may, yeah, may even okay. get me there. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. You're Fan always you're always welcome. Thank you. Thank okay. you very much. Fantastic. Thanks very Thank much you. for joining so us much, uh, on uh, this morning's uh, program. Yeah, uh, uh, Lawrence Lee there, who's a museum director of the Hong Kong uh, Science Museum. Uh, thanks to our listeners. Um, thanks very much uh, to you mike nice to see a science full of energy yeah, it's good to, good to, yeah yeah and always uh, good to know about uh, anything uh, scientific uh, stay tuned because coming up we have uh, a news summary followed by uh, brunch uh, brunch with noreen